Hello and welcome to the Feel It to Heal It podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Kelly, and I am a clinically trained therapist, emotional wellness and life coach, and healer. My mission is to help as many humans as possible feel safe to feel their feelings in order to create a life beyond their wildest dreams. Thank you for being here and let's dive in. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the show. I have been traveling, so I have not recorded a pod episode in like over a week. I'm so happy to be back. I'm about to head on Morning Tea Live on Instagram. So you guys have options of where you want to listen to this. And my thing keeps unplugging. Let's see if we can get this one again. Okay. You have many options. You can listen to this on the pod while you're driving or on your walk. You can listen on Morning Tea Live on Instagram. You can listen on the YouTubes. We have so many options. I'm coming to you fresh out of my bed. (laughs) I walked the dogs, drank my morning hot lemon water, still in my pajamas. Supposed to be starting a cleanse today, so I have to get myself organized. So we are just showing up as we are. So let me hop on Instagram Live. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Morning Tea Live with me. Happy Wednesday. Is it Wednesday? Yeah, this week has been flying by. I got home from my travels Monday, and then yesterday was a full client day, and then today's already Wednesday. So <laughs> The life of entrepreneurship where you never know what day it is. So I was just FaceTiming my sister and I was like, all right, gotta hop on because I'm running late per usual for my morning tea. And I was like, I have no idea what I'm talking about today. (laughs) And I was reflecting on that a little bit. And I was thinking about how when I first started morning tea live, when I first started going live on Instagram, when I first started, I was doing it every single day. So it was part of my business coaching program where we had a practice going live. And I would do it every single day. I would teach them, you know, DBT skills. I would just chit chat. I would pull some cards. I would do whatever. And at first it felt really nerve wracking where it's like, oh, I had to prepare a topic. And now I just like, don't even have any topics prepared. Sometimes I do, sometimes I don't. And then I just hop on and it just, it's a beautiful example of nervous system flexibility because when we are still in that survival mode where we feel like we have to be perfect. We feel like everything has to be under control. Oh, I have to remember to speak into the microphone because sometimes I lean back and then I re-listen to these podcast episodes and I'm like way back here. (laughs) So I'm going to do my best to actually allow you guys to hear me. So good morning. Thank you for joining. Let me put my shit on do not disturb. Thanks for your patience, y'all, as I get myself together for you all. Okay, so with nervous system flexibility, when we are in that survival mode, we don't feel safe to just show up and just to be and just to, you know, trust that whatever's meant to come out of my mouth will come out. And so before I would always be like at least a little bit more prepared. (laughs) And so... I took a breath before coming on. I was like, okay, what do I want to talk about today? What do the people on the internet land need to hear from Rachel Kelly coaching? And 
my membership launched. If you guys have not seen it beyond your wildest dreams membership, I am so excited. This has been a while in the making and really what was stopping me from launching it sooner was like, I just couldn't decide. There were like so many options and I was like, you know what? I can do all of it. So I made three tiers. I mean, the first tier where it's just a monthly masterclass and Q and a, so you get two calls with me per month for like $3 and 50 cents a day. Steal, steal of a deal. I love giving steals of a deal because I love receiving steals of a deal. So I really had to think about, well, if I love the cost of the memberships I'm part of, I have to make a tier that would be accessible for everyone. So tier one is super accessible. It's 111 a month, or you could do the painful for the year and save lots of moolah because I love a good discount. And then tier two is that plus my entire body of work. So you can be doing my programs and courses and then come to the Q and A's and ask me anything. And then tier three is if you want to add on a month of one-on-one -on -one coaching and locking it in at this price, because my one-on-one -on -one prices continue to rise as I get more and more clients. And so you would lock it in for the year at this price, which is, again, I love giving you guys a good deal. So the first masterclass of my membership is this Thursday, tomorrow, and it's called Nervous System Rewired. So today I want to, I'm not going to give you the full masterclass, obviously, but I want to give you a little bit of a taste of what we are talking about in that masterclass. So today's topic that I named two seconds before coming onto the slide is being the leader of your nervous system. Now, I was thinking about the other night when I got home and one of my biggest in DBT world, we would call it vulnerability factors. It's basically anything that makes you more vulnerable to experiencing emotion dysregulation. One of my biggest vulnerability factors or in other types of modalities, you would call it a trigger warning is lack of sleep. <laughs> I am so sensitive to lack of sleep. So if I don't get enough sleep or if I don't take care of myself, I don't eat right. I don't drink enough water. I don't rest. I don't have enough alone time. I found it in my human design that I need a lot of alone time, which is very ironic because as a historically anxiously attached person, being alone just with myself didn't always feel fully safe. I would numb out with TV, with, you know, food, with distractions, with overworking. Like it was hard for me to just feel safe to just be with myself. And so when I learned that I actually needed a lot, a lot of alone time, I was like, oh, this makes so much sense because it feels like my trauma conflicted with my authenticity as it often does, right? Like our trauma always conflicts with our authenticity because we live our lives thinking that we are leading through authenticity. And then we realize like most of the ways in which we're relating is from our trauma responses. And that's just like fucking fascinating to think about. Like when you really start to like parse it apart and you separate and you're like, oh, all these ways that I've been relating in my relationships and to myself have been through survival mode. And it can feel really sad. And so anyway, when I got home, I was exhausted. I had just gone on two trips. I was in Hawaii for a week. And then I went to LA for the Clean Herbie concert. Chef's kiss, chef's kiss. So fucking good. If you guys have not heard her, she's amazing. She's like the epitome of just pure talent. Oh, I could go on. So I was tired. I got home. I was feeling overwhelmed, which the root emotion of overwhelmed is actually fear. 
So when you say, I'm so overwhelmed, I'm so overwhelmed, you're actually feeling fear of like not being able to get everything done. And then you really have to look at, okay, well, if I can't get everything done, what's the worst case scenario? I'm still going to be fine. I'm still going to survive. So oftentimes when we feel overwhelmed, we have to get to the root and we have to really look at, okay, no matter what, I am safe. If I don't get this thing done tonight, I'll get it done tomorrow. Like I am safe. But I was feeling the sense of overwhelm, this state of like, oh my God, I have so much to catch up on. I don't even know where to begin. I didn't do much work while I was away. I did a little bit, like obviously still posted on my page. I still kept up with Slack a little bit, but I took a full week off of Boxer, of client sessions. So I was overwhelmed. I was like, okay, I have client stuff to catch up on. I have, um, I'm doing this cleanse starting today as part of my program that I'm doing with this new health coach. I have to start that. I have to prep for that. I had, I just started working with a social media manager. So I had to batch a lot of content. So there was just a lot to do. And so when I got home, I was like, okay, I'm going to ease in. I'm going to, you know, maybe do a little bit, a little unpacking, a little cleaning, a little light stuff here and there, how to pick up the dogs. <laughs> and then I was like, okay, I really need to nap. Like I need to nap. I was so tired. And normally like think about when maybe you are a parent and you have a kid, or maybe you remember being a kid and you think about when you were just so overtired that like your parents couldn't even get you to sleep because you were just crying so much from being so tired and everything just felt heightened. Like when your body doesn't have enough energy to actually manage and regulate your emotions, everything just feels more heightened, more weighted. And so that's how my inner child gets. Like if I don't honor her needs and actually rest when I need to rest, I become like a two-year-old and I'm like, oh my God, just like everything feels so much heavier and so much more heightened. I notice more anxious thoughts coming back. Like I notice my entire energy shifting. So it's really fascinating to see how, when we don't honor our needs, the little us takes over. But when we actually are the leader of our inner child, the leader of our nervous systems, and we are able to recognize what our nervous system is needing. So I was needing rest. I was needing alone time and I was needing grounding. And so it was really cool because it's like, when you are rewiring your nervous system, all of the habitual ways of relating are going to show up. That's inevitable. They are going to show up. Maybe eventually you get to a point where you have rewired so much that those initial things don't come up as much. I've experienced that too. But when I'm in my lowest, most vulnerable state to emotion, I can absolutely guarantee that my like inner child is going to come out, that those old ways of relating are going to come out. So for example, for those of you who have been following me for a while, you have you probably know that I've been uh, healing some BPD symptoms that I didn't even know that I had. I'd been in therapy my entire life. No one ever fucking told me that I had BPD symptoms. And essentially all BPD is, is like a deep, deep fear of abandonment. So anxious attachment is like fear of abandonment. BPD is like deep fear of abandonment. So because of my childhood trauma, like I had a deep, deep fear of abandonment. So that shows up, especially when I'm tired, <laughs> it's like, okay, I need to get myself to go to bed, put the baby to bed. That might be a chapter title in my book, put the baby to bed, 
I always tell my coach that I'm like, I'm going to put the baby to bed and getting her to bed is like, okay, I have to put the phone away. I have to allow my mind to rest and not, you know, fixate on all of the things that I have to do. And so it's really fascinating because I observed myself experiencing all of the old ways, like the old thoughts coming back, the old anxious thoughts, the old BPD thoughts, the old, um, and for those who are not familiar with BPD, it's like BPD thoughts are just like a different version of anxious thoughts, but it's more of like, you make a lot of shit mean stuff about you. You sometimes get caught in this black and white thinking. Um, you can easily, usually you have like one favorite person, like your primary attachment, and you can easily go from like idolizing them or villainizing them. Like you just don't see things for what they are. It's like everything feels cloudy because you're not connected to your sense of self. And so when I disconnect for myself, like let's say my vulnerability factors are higher and I'm traveling or I'm not sleeping as much or I'm not eating as well or whatever the case is, it's it's so clear. Like those thoughts come back, those feelings come back and I'm so disconnected for myself. And so it was like this movie where I was witnessing little me come out. I was witnessing those thoughts come up or like fixating on certain things or just feeling worried about certain things. And then I was like, okay, this is the time to be the leader of my inner child, the leader of my nervous system. I know what I need. I just have to give myself what I need, which is like way easier said than done. So I allowed myself to feel the fear. I allowed myself to just like let little me have like a tantrum and just like cry a little bit, have those thoughts. And then I recognized it and was like, oh, these are not actually my thoughts. Like they're my thoughts, but they're not my actual grounded, authentic thoughts. Let me shift back to the present moment. And I was like, I just need to rest. So after like a few times of trying to take a nap, I finally was like, okay, phone away, focus you need to sleep. <laughs> it's like literally a parent telling a child, like it's bedtime, you need to sleep. And so finally took a nap, um, told myself that I was, you know, going to save some of the stuff for tomorrow. Um, just focused on like easing in and like not allowing my nervous system to go into that survival mode when it didn't need to be like, how often are we rushing things when really there's no rush? We create the sense of urgency we create the sense of like, oh my God, it needs to happen now or else whatever. And so your ability to just be in that present moment and bring your nervous system back to safety and be the leader of it and say, right now, these are the top priorities, rest, nourishment, go to bed, and then start tomorrow with all the things. And then yesterday I was able to have a super productive day and get done all the things that I was worried about and then felt so much better. But if we're constantly waiting on something external to make ourselves feel better, we're, we're outsourcing our power. We're outsourcing our safety at all times. And so being the leader of your nervous system is actually being able to see when your nervous system is going into survival mode, when it does not need to be sky, he's going to start barking. He's barking. Okay. How much you guys can hear, but it's real loud. These microphones. Well, then I'm gonna just mute him a little bit. Sky, mommy's trying to record. 
Sky. Sky, come here, baby. He doesn't like when mommy records. He's like, fuck you. Okay, good boy. Thank you. Okay. So being the leader of our nervous system means that we are going to show our nervous system when it actually needs to be in survival mode and when it doesn't, 99% of the time it does not. And then there's ever dog mom life. Okay, where were we? <laughs> I wish you guys could see him. He's literally having a stuffed avocado in his mouth. It's so cute. Can't even be mad at him. Um, okay, focusing. <laughs> so we prioritize the needs. We meet the needs. We then feel so much more grounded and calm in our nervous system. And then because of that, we are able to be so much more effective and efficient at all the other things that we actually want to get done. But if we are relating to those things from a place of urgency and survival mode, we're not actually going to be very effective or efficient at getting those things done. So like even, okay, for example, this morning, you guys know that I struggle with lateness. I'm a Kelly. That's what we do. <laughs> and so I was like, okay, I could not walk the dogs. I could not drink my hot lemon water. Um, I could not do these things. And so I could be on time, but then I was like, you know what, this is important. I need to go walk my dogs. I need to take care of myself. I need to drink my hot lemon water. After this, I need to go make breakfast. Like it's okay to prioritize you and take care of you because everything you're then going to be able to show up for what you want to show up for, for your children, for your job, for your relationships that much more present and grounded and not with this frenetic energy. And so the other day when I got home and I was able to just witness this, it, it literally felt like a movie. It felt like I was watching little me come out. Then it felt like I was watching adult me take over. And then it felt like I gave myself what I needed. And then I was able to shift back into feeling not in survival mode and then the same thing yesterday morning, I woke up and was like, oh, I still have all this stuff to do. I felt this heaviness in my chest that I used to wake up every morning feeling. And now I usually don't. So when I do, I know that my nervous system is like, oh, okay, we need some extra grounding. And so in the past, I would have absolutely made that bigger. Like, oh my God, I feel so anxious. Oh my God, I need to do all these things. But when we have the awareness, that's why I need my program insight, because you need the insight and the awareness first. When you have the awareness of what's actually happening, how your nervous system is working, you then have so much more ability and leadership and power to change how it's working either for you or against you. So before, when I would unconsciously wake up, well, I was conscious when I woke up, but unconsciously woke up with all this anxiety and I didn't know how my nervous system worked. I didn't know why it was feeling anxious. I had no idea it was even in survival mode. Most of us don't know when our nervous systems are in survival mode. So we live unconscious to all of these really, really important things like foundational ways of being and feeling in our lives. I just thought that was normal. Like, oh yeah, I just wake up with a pounding heart every morning. Like that was not normal. And so it's normal if your nervous system is in survival mode. Hi, honey. Oh, now he's being all cute. 
Um, and so now, because I'm aware of how my nervous system works, I was able to look at, oh, I'm waking up with a pounding heart. I know that my nervous system is feeling fear around all the things I need to do today. So rather than just jumping out of bed and starting to do them, I need to ground a little bit more. So I did some chanting. I did some meditation. Um, I just like took some deep breaths. I co-regulated with my coach. Like I just took time for me to tend to that anxiety, to feel the fear. We can't bypass the fear. We have to, anytime you feel anxious, the root of that anxiety is fear. So if you don't actually take a few breaths, a few moments to feel the fear, that fear is going to be in the driver's seat of everything else in your day. If you just take a few moments to breathe, and feel the fear and allow it to be there, allow it to soften, allow it to move through you, you then get to approach all the other things in your day from more of that grounded place. Now, yesterday, even though I did the chanting and the meditation, I still felt some of that heaviness. And here's the thing, sometimes that heaviness doesn't shift right away. So we can do all the chanting and the yoga and the journaling and the deep breaths. Sometimes that fear is so strong and it's like compounded and compounded where it may not soften right away. And so then being part, being a leader of your nervous system in that situation means that you have to tell your brain just because this fear is not shifting doesn't mean there's actually anything that we need to be scared about. Not in a way that's gaslighting yourself, like it's okay to feel fear. It makes sense why there's fear, but in the sense of this fear is not shifting and that's okay we are safe to be with the fear rather than, oh, this fear is not shifting. So something's wrong and, and something might be unsafe or dangerous, like, and fully like caving into that desire to go into survival mode because our nervous system's job is to protect us and keep us alive. It is not to keep us happy. So if we want to stay alive, our nervous systems do a beautiful job of that. If we want to actually feel alive and thrive and happy, we have to be the ones to notice, oh, nervous system is feeling a lot of fear. That's okay. We're safe to be with the fear. We do what's in our power to move the fear through. And also we understand that sometimes life happens where life feels like a lot and it feels scary. And even though we consciously know there's nothing to be afraid of, we have to honor that that's just where we're at. And the more that you can accept that, the more that the fear will move through. So acceptance always comes before change. Always. We can't bypass how we're feeling to shift how we're feeling. We always have to accept, I'm feeling fear right now. I'm feeling, you know, like there's a lot to do right now. And there is. And let me just take a deep breath and do one thing at a time and one thing at a time and show my nervous system that it does not need to be in survival mode. And it's okay that it feels in survival mode right now but at least I have the awareness of what's actually happening so that I can do what's in my power to help move through that. And then this morning I woke up with no fear in my chest. So sometimes the fear will last longer than other times. Like sometimes I can move through fear in like one, you know, uh, sitting of meditation or chanting. Other times it takes me a few days. Other times it takes me a couple weeks. Honestly, like Sometimes so much shit will be happening in life that the fear is just there and it's there and it's there and you just have to get used to it and you have to keep bringing yourself back to safety. I am safe. I am safe. I am safe. Ground, 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 
breathe, 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 co-regulate, co-regulate, co-regulate. That's why I do this with my clients because fear is a natural part of life. And so the more that we avoid it or bypass it or pretend that it's not there or pretend that it shouldn't be there, we are doing our nervous system a huge disservice and we are essentially gaslighting it being like, oh, I shouldn't be afraid right now rather than being like, oh yeah, it makes sense. My nervous system is just feeling it more protective right now. So relatable. I'm so glad. Let me know if you guys have any questions on this as we are talking about this. Any questions at all that are coming up? Anything you want me to clarify on? And let's see. Is there anything else that's important to talk about with this topic? I mean, what it boils down to is practice. So like I have clients where their perfectionism then gets in the way of them practicing because they're like, oh, but I did it. I felt the fear. And it's like, that's great. But it's not like this end goal of like, okay, I did it. I felt the fear. And, you know, it's like, it's a continual relationship that you build with your nervous system and your inner child, your inner child and your nervous system are interchangeable. So when you hear me talk about the inner child, it just means the nervous system that was wired during childhood. So when your inner child comes out, it just means that old nervous system wiring from childhood is coming out. When, you're, when your old nervous system wiring comes out, that's your inner child. It's literally interchangeable. So if you're confused on like, what is inner child or what is nervous system? It's all, it's all the same. Think about old nervous system wiring from childhood as your inner child. And then rewired the rewired nervous system where you're out of survival mode and into safety expansion abundance connection all of those great things so in polyvagal theory we call that the ventral state ventral is a state of feeling within your own home in your body so feeling safe in your body so when you're connected to that ventral state and when you've rewired your nervous system you get out of survival mode and more into ventral that is you relating from your adult self, your most powerful self, your most authentic self. Because again, your authentic self is not the one living through those trauma responses, through the overthinking, through the constant anxiety, through the distracting, the numbing, the people-pleasing, the comparison, the judgment, the perfectionism, the all of the things, all of the protectors, the control. Oh my God, control was such a big one for me. That is not your authentic self. That is your trauma. So when you feel safe to release those protectors, release the control, release the perfectionism, release the overthinking, the ruminating, the obsessing, the overanalyzing, the fixating, the obsessing, I already said that one, all of those you're able to actually connect to your core authentic self who feels in her power, who feels safe, who feels connected. We can't feel deeply connected to ourselves and to other people when we are living in survival mode. When we are living in survival mode, our nervous system shuts, shuts off all non-essential processes. So if you have indigestion, if you have bloating, if you have chronic fatigue, if you have acne, if you have hormonal issues, like if you have all these things, the nervous system is not going to allow you to digest properly if you're running away from a bear. If it feels like it's in survival mode, I always use the bear example, running away from a bear. If you haven't had a period in a while, 
if you haven't had a normal cycle, your nervous system is not going to be like, yeah, let's reproduce and make a baby if you're in survival mode. So this shows up with physical issues. It shows up with financial issues. Again, if you're running from a bear, how are you supposed to be an energetic match for all the abundance and money that you want? No, because you're in survival mode. <laughs> so it's tricky because in order to shift out of that, right, in order to attract all of the abundance and the wealth and the love, like what are you manifesting right now? Drop it in the comments. Are you manifesting money? Are you manifesting a dream home? I am manifesting moving the fuck out of my apartment. I love my apartment, but let me tell you guys, my neighbors are fucking batshit crazy. <laughs> they were screaming at each other last night. There's flies all over the place. It's just like, it's, it's crazy, crazy town. It's literally a crazy town. And it was perfect for when I moved, but now I'm ready for peace and quiet because my nervous system has shifted to wanting more of the peace and the quiet. <laughs> So, but it was interesting because when I was in Hawaii, my friend's house was like so quiet that my nervous system was a little like dysregulated. It was like, what? where are we? Anyway. Okay. So money. Perfect. So let's use money as an example. If you are manifesting money, so take a deep breath into your body. You can either think of a specific number that you're manifesting, or maybe it's just infinite money, infinite abundance, more money than you know what to do with more, more than enough money, or maybe it's just enough money to pay your rent, like whatever it is that you're manifesting. Okay. We have someone else. Oh, money, <laughs> money to coach with you and for freedom for the kids and I all oh, yes, yes, yes. I love that so much. So, okay. So money seems to be a big one today. So let's focus on the money. So we take a deep breath in and whatever that looks like for you, if there's you know, oh, I want to manifest my rent being taken care of and you have a specific number for rent or maybe it's just infinite money. So you get in your body, you take a deep breath, notice what it would feel like for that to be yours right now. And I want you to notice if I were to just hand you that money right now, is there anything that comes up? Like what comes up for you? Is there any fear of like, oh, how would I manage like if I think about attracting millions of dollars, how would I manage millions of dollars? Would I trust myself to not lose it? Would I trust myself to be responsible with it? Do I trust myself to just hold that, right? The universe only gives us what we feel safe to hold. So if you are stuck in a certain financial level, it's because your nervous system only feels safe to hold a certain amount. So for me, I was an energetic match for debt, like my whole life. I was a match for debt, a match for debt, a match for debt. I would do the feast and famine cycle where I would get a good chunk of money. And then I would be like, okay, I need to pay off all the debt. I need to spend it on this. I need to pay this person. I need to do this, this, this. And then I would have nothing again. And then I would go back into debt. I didn't feel safe to hold money. So when I got my first big chunk of money in my business, or I wouldn't say, I would say the largest chunk. I literally had the desire to spend half of it on getting a new website or on something else. Like I had this immediate urge of like, oh, now I can do this. Now I can do that. And then my coach and I had to process it and was like, nope, nope, nope. This is me trying to get rid of the money because I don't feel safe to hold it. And so I need to practice holding it. 
And so that's what I did. I didn't spend any of it for months and months and months. I held it in a savings account. I looked at it every day. I noticed any fear that came up. I noticed just practicing gratitude for it of like, wow, I've never been in overflow. I've always been in debt. And so just allowing my nervous system to land and what does it feel like to have a little bit of overflow? What does it feel like to have more than enough? Because I've always just had enough or like not even enough. So again, anything that's foreign to your nervous system, the nervous system is going to try and reject it. So when it comes to money, being a leader of your nervous system is allowing space to show your nervous system you are safe to hold. So this could look like going into your bank account and practicing like the energy of what you already have. So do you go into your bank account and you immediately are like, oh my God, it's not enough. It's not enough. Because what does that communicate to the universe? It's like you, what you have, you're not even connected to. And so the universe only wants to give us something that is a magnet of what we're already feeling. If we're feeling lack, we're going to attract lack. If we're feeling grateful for the $2 in our bank account, we're going to attract more of those $2. But if we go to those $2 and we're like, oh shit, my account's almost overdrawn and I only have $2 and this sucks and da, 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 that's just not going to attract more money. And so the number one thing in the manifestation world that is missing is it being trauma-informed. What does trauma-informed mean when we're manifesting money? You can't bypass those very real fears and feelings that come up if, let's say, you go to your bank account, it has only $2 in it. So I'm not saying to, to, I'm not saying to bypass or to gaslight yourself because that does not work, right? Like, oh my God, I'm so grateful for these $2, da, da, da. Okay, where's the money? Where's the money? Because underneath that like act that you're performing to yourself is actual deep fear. So you first... Again, going back to the acceptance before change, you first have to tend to what is actually coming up for you. So for example, if you know student loan payments are coming up and I was talking to someone who just paid off some of their student loans and she was like, I had to first wait to be able to get to gratitude before being able to pay it. So for example, for me, like I still have so much like resentment about student loans that I'm not in a place to be able to pay it in gratitude. So that, that goes with any bill that goes with any person that you're, you know, paying or um, let's say daycare for your kids. Like if you are paying something in this energy of, oh God, now I'm going to be broke up. You first have to tend to what is the actual root emotion be behind those thoughts. What is the emotion? So maybe there's fear. Okay. So I'm feeling fear that if I make this payment, I'm not going to have enough. I'm feeling fear that if I pay for my dog or my kid to go to daycare, that I'm not going to have enough for their, you know, future schooling, like whatever it is, like name the fear. Where do you feel the fear in your body? Be with the fear, allow yourself to feel those sensations co-regulate with a safe nervous system if you need to when you're feeling these feelings because sometimes our nervous systems will not allow us to feel it alone the amount of times that I thought that I have felt fear on my own I'm like okay I moved through the fear and then I have session with my coach and all the fear comes like 
vomiting out. And I'm like, oh my God, I really thought I like moved through the sphere, but it's still here. It's because sometimes my nervous system does not feel safe to actually feel the level of fear I'm feeling on my own because it feels like you're going to die. And so you need someone to just witness you in it. You need someone to hold you in it. You need someone to attune to you in it. And that's why co-regulation and relational healing is literally the most important thing in the world because we need that safe nervous system to be able to feel it and release it and shift it. And every time I have a session where I'm just like releasing the fear and feeling it so deeply in my body, I walk out feeling lighter. I then like abundance starts showing up because we have to tend to the fear before we can shift into attracting abundance. So I want you guys to really look at when you, first of all, what is your relationship with money? Are you actually looking at it every day? I used to avoid my bank account like the plague, but now I look at it every single day. So when you see your money, what are the feelings that come up? Be radically honest with yourself. Maybe there's resentment. Maybe there's fear. Maybe there's sadness. Maybe there's shame. There's so much fucking shame wrapped up in money. Like our relationships with money, there's so much shame wrapped up in that. We feel ashamed to share how much we're making if we're making a lot. We feel ashamed to share how much we're making if we feel like we're not making enough. Like there's always shame wrapped up in that because there's so much conditioning around money that it can be really hard to shift. So meet yourself where you're at. Look at your bank account. Notice the feelings that come up in your body. Tend to those feelings. Allow those feelings to be there. Accept that those feelings are there. Don't make it mean anything about you, but also notice if you are making it mean something about you. Like, are you shaming yourself? Are you shutting yourself? Like, oh, I should be making more. I shouldn't have this debt. Debt is an intentional tool. It doesn't have to be a bad thing. We, we give it bad meaning. If I didn't go into debt, I would literally not be sitting here in front of you today. That is an absolute truth. Like no doubt in my mind, if I did not go into debt, I would not be sitting here with you today. Okay. Mindset isn't real if you bypass the body. Exactly. Mindset is literally a byproduct of the body. So we cannot do mindset work. We cannot do mindset work until we've done nervous system work. Nervous system creates the mindset. And that day that I got home was a perfect example of that because my nervous system was in survival mode. My thoughts were boop, 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 crazy running, racing. When I gave myself rest and grounding and alone time and what I needed, my nervous system got out of survival mode. Those thoughts weren't even there anymore. Those thoughts were calm. Those thoughts were peaceful. So pay attention to what your mindset is and what your thoughts are happening, that will tell you what your nervous system is needing. So if you have chronic anxious thoughts, your nervous system has some fear to process and that's okay. We all have fear to process. Same with student loans. Yep. <laughs> it's a very relatable one. Um, I look at it every day. I will pay attention to the feelings. Yeah, absolutely. So until you can get like, it's, it's shifting from, okay, let's tend to the fear. And then can we anchor to any part of safety that could allow us to lean more into the gratitude, right? We can't fake gratitude. Like when people are like, just be grateful. Like it doesn't fucking work like that. So we can't fake it. So we have a much better chance of being able to lean into gratitude once we've actually acknowledged how we actually feel about something. And then 
we can start to slowly shift it to how can I lean into gratitude for the money that I do have? As Melanie Lair says, she says, one foot in gratitude, one foot in desire. So we can feel grateful for what we have. And the more we feel grateful for it, the more that multiplies and multiplies. And we can also focus on desire of, oh, what would it feel like in my body to receive, you know, this sold out group that I'm launching? Or what would it feel like in my body to receive an unexpected check in the mail? Or what would it feel like in my body to receive an even bigger tax refund than I thought? Or what would it feel like in my body to receive, you know, X amount more dollars? Like really, however you want to visualize it. So one thing that might be helpful for you is looking up if you're a non-specific or specific manifester. So if you're a specific manifester, like the more specific that you can get with your visualizations, with your feelings, I'm very much, I think I'm a non-specific but I'm very much a feeling manifester. So I, you know, like, yes, I make vision boards and I, I visualize, but if I'm visualizing and not noticing any feeling in my body, like it's not going to happen for me. So if I'm just reciting mantras all day, like I am wealthy, I am healthy. I like, yes, love the mantras. But if you're saying those mantras and then I'm not noticing how does it actually feel in your body? Like right now, if you were like, I have more than enough money, I have an overflow of money and then noticing how does that land in your body and just staying with that for a few moments, breathing with that, just allowing it to be there, allowing it to land. And if you can do that each and every day for at least however long you can do it, a few minutes, or maybe you spend, you know, you go on a manifestation walk. I do this every morning. I walk around my block. I notice all the things that I'm grateful for. I'm grateful for the palm trees. I'm grateful for you know, I just talked to my doctor friend and she's, she has a patient who's about to lose her legs. So I now walk around every morning. Like I'm so grateful for my long, beautiful legs. Like I love my legs and grateful for my limbs, grateful for a deep breath, like watching people not be able to breathe when they're at the end of their life. Like we take advantage of our breath and we don't even use it. And it's literally the most powerful medicine that we have inside of us. So like, I'm grateful to be able to take a deep breath right now. I'm grateful for my health, my wealth, my clients, my business, my home, right? Like my home, I don't want to live here anymore. My desire is to move, but I still have so much to be grateful for right now in this present moment. Uh, where do we look that up? I think if you just Google, um, actually I have... Uh, if you guys follow the manifestation babe, Catherine Zankina, she has a quiz in her profile, but I think if you just Google um, manifestation quiz, like specific or non-specific, I think something should come up, but I will see if there's uh, the one that I used, if I can find that. So anyway, the point is, is that this can apply to anything that you're manifesting, whether it's money, me moving, uh, wanting to lose weight, like literally anything it's, we have to look at what's actually happening in our bodies. We have to be the leader of our nervous system to tend to what's happening and then be able to lean and shift out of that into the energy of it's happening. It's already mine. It's happening. And whatever you can get your energy behind, because if you're like, oh my God, I'm a millionaire. And you're like, not even close to that. And it's just going to feel like not even true. Pick something that you can get your energy behind. So, oh, I have enough for rent this month. I have enough. I have enough. I have enough. Or maybe 
I have more than enough. I have more than enough. I have overflow. I am safe to land in overflow. Like choose a mantra that you can get your energy behind and then use that mantra to connect to the feelings in your body. And then how would it feel if it were already here? Because you guys have to remember something. It is already here. Like it actually is already here. So for example, I'm writing a book. I had a medium session with my mom and she was like, keep writing because the book's already done. The book's already done in the 5D world. Like the book is literally written. It's done. It exists. She knows what it is. She knows what the book is. And so she had to tell me, keep writing because you have to bring it to the physical because it's already done in the 5D spiritual world, but you have to bring it to the physical. And so for me to be like, oh, I'm manifesting that my book will be done. I don't need to do that because it in a different dimension and it because time doesn't even exist, right? So in the quantum field in this different dimension, it already exists in a future time because remember time doesn't exist. So let's just say there's a future at a future time or what feels like future to us, that book does exist already. So you have to remember Oh, I love that, Janelle. I wrote my book with my mom from the other side. Oh, I love that. That's basically, yeah, it feels like I'm doing that in a way. It's really cool. Need to book a few more medium sessions for when I get writer's block. <laughs> but yeah, it's really cool to, um, yeah, to just like have that guidance and be like, oh, it's already done. You just have to literally sit your ass down and do it. So that's what I'm doing. Um, but think about, anything that you desire, your desires desire you. Like you would not desire something if the universe, God, source, spirit, whatever you want to call it, did not want you to have it because that would be pretty cruel. Like, oh, we're going to place all these desires in this person's heart. And then they're just never going to have them. No, the universe always supports us always. So if you're desiring more money, the universe wants you to have more money. If you're desiring a, to write a book, the universe wants you to write a book. Like whatever you're desiring, it already exists. You just have to use the present moment as a portal to that future. Because again, time doesn't exist. So the past doesn't exist. Literally all we have is this present moment. We don't have access to the past. We don't have access to the future. So by using the present moment to really land in this feeling of that home that I want, it already exists right now. It already exists. Like it actually already exists. It's built. It's, it's sitting somewhere. It's just a matter of time before it comes into my life. Same thing with a partner. That Michael Buble song, I just haven't met you yet. My future husband is walking around right now. He's born, he's walking around. I mean, he's way older than being born. He's a full grown up. <laughs> he's walking around. Maybe he's grocery shopping right now. Maybe he's having sex with another woman right now. Maybe he's breaking up with someone right now. Maybe he's starting a business right now. Maybe he's writing a book. Like he exists. I just have not become an energetic match for him yet. And that's okay. Cause we have to trust our timing. So you see, my point is that everything you desire already exists. It's not a question of if you will get it. It's a question of how able are you to stay in this present moment, release control, release the how, 
Like we are such attachment-based creatures that we suck onto attachment of how things should look like. Oh, I should make money by this client signing up. I should meet my husband through an app and not at the beach. I should get my home through Zillow and not through this realtor. Like we attack our human brains, try and figure out the how we cannot know the how. And also why would you want to, it literally ruins the magic of it. There's no more magical, greater feeling in the world when you manifest something out of thin air. Like it truly feels like magic. It feels like you waved a magic wand and the thing appeared. And that's how I feel around like the way that I used to date. I used to just like go on the apps and like frenetically try and find someone and be like, ah. and now it's like the past few relationships, I didn't really put any effort into finding them. They just kind of showed up. This last person I was dating, you know, I did go on the app, but it was like, it was just like a quick, like, oh, boop, okay, sure. Like there, and that's not to say that <clears throat> you can't go on the apps and do the swiping. It just means like, you have to notice the difference in energy is the energy I'm frenetically trying to find something and figure it out and force it. Or is the energy, oh, I feel inspired to go on a dating app and like have fun with it and see what comes out of it. That's divine guidance. Divine guidance is listening to that calm gut intuition feeling of what you want to make moves on because you have to move, you have to move first and then the universe meets you. You cannot wait on the universe to bring you something out of thin air and you're just sitting on your ass. You have to move first, always. So moving first could look like, you know, oh, I want to, um, I want to attract a new home. So what I've been doing, my inspired action has been looking at different homes, meeting with a mortgage loan guy to see what I would be approved for, to see if I want to rent or buy. Like my inspired action is doing the research, educating myself, looking at different places, getting an idea. Like I'm in the information gathering stage. So that's my inspired action. My inspired action is also to start really saving for a down payment. You know, so it could be, let's say you want to um, start a podcast, but you're terrified that there's not going to be any listeners and you're like, okay, I'm going to wait until people say they're interested to start it. It's like, no, you have to buy the microphone, put out the first episode, be with the crickets of silence, because there's always going to be crickets of silence. And then you have to hold the faith that you just keep going, keep going, keep going. It's the same thing with money. Okay. I desire to um, uh, have overflow. I desire to have my biggest month of business, whatever it is. And then what's my inspired action for that? Oh, I'm launching three offers right now. I'm allowing space for people to enter my work and my world, right? It's the same thing. If you are in a salary nine to five job, like, okay, I want more money, but I'm in a salary job. Um, my inspired action could be taking 10 minutes every day to visualize what it would feel like to get more money, to get a raise, to get unexpected money from somewhere else. So no matter what you desire, there's always inspired action that goes with that. And then the more you take that inspired action, the more that you were able to increase your belief energetically that it exists and that you don't need to control the timing of it because time doesn't exist. It's going to happen exactly when it's meant to and just focus on what's in your power. 
Can't wait to read your book. It already exists. Such a powerful reminder. Yay. Thank you, Jen. Love you so much. I can't wait for the book to be here. It's already here, but I got to write it. All right, guys. I think I've rambled long enough. Let me know if you guys have any questions. We kind of went on a side tangent of, you know, manifestation of money, but this all relates back to being the leader of your nervous system because if you are not leading your nervous system, your trauma is leading your nervous system. If you're not leading your nervous system, your protectors are leading your nervous system. If your adult self is not leading your nervous system, your inner child is leading your nervous system. So it's just like we talk about choosing your hard, right? It's hard to lose weight, but it's also hard to feel stuck in a body that you're uncomfortable in. You choose your hard. It's, it could be hard to, you know, uh, manifest more money, but it also is hard to stay broke and in scarcity. It's really fucking hard to rewire your nervous system. <laughs> it's fucking hard as shit. And it's way harder to stay stuck in a nervous system that's stuck in survival mode. So that's what I had to remind myself the day I got home was like, oh, this feels so hard. This like, I want to be saved. I graspy. I just like want someone to save me from this fear, from this feeling. And I was like, it's going to, I'm going to make it way harder if I fight myself on this. than if I just surrender to giving myself what I need and just showing up for myself and it's way easier said than done, but you just practice, you meet yourself where you're at and then you just keep going and keep going and keep going looking forward to the book as well. Yay. All right, guys. So before we head off, three ways to rewire your nervous system in this present moment. My membership is launched. We are having the first masterclass tomorrow called Nervous System Rewired. I will teach you everything you need to know about how your nervous system works, how you want to start relating to it differently, and how you can become the leader of your nervous system and get it out of survival mode where it's been probably your whole life, does not need to be there any longer, no longer serving you, just keeping you stuck. And then I have my signature group program for anxiously attached women called Come Home to Yourself. That is open for enrollment. We start in November, limited amount of spots. This is a pretty intimate group because I do one-on-one -on -one processing with everyone in the group as you are being empathically witnessed by everyone else in the group. And then you have Monday through Friday Slack support, and then if you are a man or have a man in your life that wants nervous system healing as well, um, my co-leader Anna and I have opened up enrollment for the third round of Real Men Heal, also starting first week of November. I cannot believe it's the third round of both of these groups. These groups are literally my heart and soul. Like the work that we can do in three to four months, unmatched. It's just... It's crazy. It's so potent. It's so powerful. It's so, if we do a deep dive, we get to the root. We don't waste time. So if you are ready for any of those three options, the link is in my bio to apply or join the membership. And of course, DMs are always open to talk through any of the options um, and answer any questions. And then I also just opened up um, different tier options for one-on-one -on -one spots. So I might be having a one-on-one -on -one spot open next month. I have to look at that, but if you have been wanting to do one-on-one, -on -one, um, DM me and we can look at tier options together. All right, guys, I love you so much. Thank you for being here. I love you. I love you. Take care of your nervous system. 
take care of your body, take care of yourself, take time to come home to yourself, breathe deeply. You are so safe, so seen, so loved, so supported. And I will see you on the next episode. Love you. Bye.